If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who's interested in the property market, then this, the UK property market stat show is for you. We're on week 33 of 2023, and, and today I'm joined by Verona Frankish, who is the boss lady CEO of Yopa, who I believe is, is it the seventh or eighth largest estate agency brand in the UK? Yeah, we were sick last month, so we're creeping up. Excellent. Well done. We'll come to you in a second, Verona. Um, the purpose of this show is to look at what's happening in the property market right here, right now. The vast majority of properties market stats look at the bottom end of the funnel. So the land registry is dealing with sales that are nine months ago. The, the Halifax and Nationwide indexes are looking at sales that were agreed six months ago. We're looking at the sales that were agreed right here, right now. Therefore, we can foretell what's going to happen to the Halifax price index and all the other indexes many, many months in advance. And that is why this show is here, to help estate agents, letting agents, or anyone who's interested in the property market know the direction of the property market months in advance. Today, I'm joined by Verona Frankish. As I said, he's the boss lady of Yopa. Uh, Verona, thanks for joining us. This is your first time on the show. Probably you could just spend... That's lovely. Could you just spend 30 seconds just introducing yourself to the boys and girls out there in property land? Sure. Um, so I've been in or around property um, for about 20 years, Chris, more recently in the last five years, working within the property sector, but previous to that as a supplier through um, my time in financial services and mortgages, working alongside agents. Um, and I've been at Yopa for about 18 months now. So I'm, I'm a self-professed data geek also. I love my stats. Um, so I've been a, an avid watcher of the show from the first episodes in January when Lee, Ray, Lee Wainwright was your guest, who was my boss previously. So yeah, it's a great show and I, and I hope it's definitely brought us value throughout the year. So hope we can continue to do that. Lovely. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, should we dive into the stats right now? So we're kicking off with listings. So I'll just whiz through these and then you can give your opinion. So in terms of listings this week, we have listed uh, 31,657. Last week, we listed 37, that's listings for those that don't know our number of new properties coming on the market. Why is that important? Because if this number is too low, we have a very much a seller's market. If we have this number too high, then we've got a buyer's market and prices drop. Uh, so it's important that you keep an eye on this one as a as a bellwether of what's happening in the property market. So as I said, the, the number of properties on the market this week, 31,000. Last week, 31,700. Week before, 31,700. Week before, 32. We're having a look at this is week 33 uh, compared to the other week 33s. So obviously, the one that sticks out there is 2020. Again, Verona, I'm sure we'll come to that in the chat. The average price of a property coming onto the market is 394,900. Last week, it was 408. Um, the week before that, it was 412, 416. And uh, should we go back to June, it was 450, 442. We've got a new graph coming up to show you on that one, Verona. But that looks like that trend is on a downward um, level. So that would be interesting to have a chat about. Um, year to date, number of listings, we've just smashed through the million mark uh, a couple of weeks ago. And if we look at what I think is the most important graph on listings, because we, we've said in this show that when it comes to listings, we can't really compare ourselves to the COVID years. Those were exceptional years. That is the, the, the week on week compared to 17, 18 and 19. And to me, Verona, let's come to you now. 
And that almost looks identical in terms of the spring being pretty level. Then we have the ups and downs roller coaster of the Easter bank holidays, and then we're leveling out and drifting off. Um, as you can see there, we've got that little dip there, which I believe is Easter bank holiday. So we probably will have the Easter bank holiday there. What's your thoughts on this one? Far away on the listings. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I've, I've been watching this show since um, January and uh, and ad hoc throughout the year. And what's been really interesting, and also clearly we see it in our own data, is that listings have been really robust and really resilient throughout this year. Um, and if we'd predicted where listings are this year at the end of August, if we'd predicted that in January, I think we'd all been incredibly happy with, with that result. Um, the, the sales rate obviously will come to, which is uh, slightly different, but from a listings point of view, uh, there's a number of things I suppose I'd, I'd call out on, on this particular section. So you're right, Chris, it, it, it is pretty identical to um, sort of 2017 to 2019 in terms of the, the shape of the year. Um, and what's interesting is that the seasonality across the summer months, so June and July, well, July and August, really, I suppose, are much more in line with pre-COVID years. If we overlaid now 2020, 20, 2021 and 2022, you would see a much different shape uh, across a number of months. But particularly in the summer months, we definitely saw more of a bounce uh, uh, after COVID, during and after COVID in the summer months where uh, people were holidaying less, I guess. Uh, they were also investing more in their properties as we saw in our market. And we're choosing to live in different places than they had prior to the pandemic. So that was having an impact on our summer seasonality. Uh, but we've definitely seen from the data that um, that's re returned to a more, I guess, normal uh, seasonal shape. The second call well, out well, just to give you some thoughts on this one, I've just looked back and in 2020, the average number of listings in the summer months of July, August, and September were 45,300, which mm -hmm. would take it up here. This would be up where the, the 18 and 17 is. So again, it just shows you, you know, I think you've got to, I don't know if you saw that when you under your tenure at Yopa, but you know, everyone put more houses on the market. The prop the issue was the, the, everything was selling. Yeah, uh, yeah, agent, agent to realise that, that, that the saleability rate has gone down. Yeah, and and you know, and there's a number of factors for that. Clearly, um, demand has dropped, uh, affordability has dropped, mortgage interest rates are clearly having an impact on that. Um, the, I guess the second call out that I wanted to mention was the average listing price. Again, in the very uh, early uh, episodes of this series at the start of the year. Um, the call out on average listing price that was coming to market even in sort of late january february was still pretty high it was well above the 400 mark well here um, is, here's the graph now which I, was go. okay, I was going to save this to later <laughs> okay but the blue line is the average listing price okay yes. and you can quite clearly see that since the summer it has dropped from an average of 450 to the current level of just under 400. Now, I must stress to you, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't mean house prices have dropped to 10%. It means the average price of a property coming onto the market has dropped by 10%. And that's because lower price properties are coming on the market or not so many higher price properties. 
or, or the volume of both, the blend of the two are pulling together to to give a, a more realistic. I was really encouraged to see that starting to reduce, to be honest, um, because I think you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily just about the reduction in house prices, because there will be a, an element of reduction in house prices, but it's more a combination of that. The, the volume of higher price bracket properties is reducing and the volume of lower to mid price properties is increasing and that blend is is getting to a more realistic average listing price which I think is a positive thing but I also think um, and this will will come on to price changes I'm sure but I think agents are having much more honest conversations and also sellers are a lot more responsive now halfway through this year to um, honest conversations than perhaps they were at the start of the year um, you know, our our feedback was that customers were still believing that we were in the market of 2021 and 2022 in the early part of this year. But I think um, there's a lot of press. And whilst we whilst we are not always grateful for the the narrative in the media, I think sometimes it does help us in order to have those conversations where customers are seeing it in the news they're seeing it in their in their social media and then when we have an honest conversation with them they they get it much more readily now than perhaps they did in the first quarter of this year indeed we'll come back and look at the yellow and red lines uh, when we get to price reductions in fact we're now going to go to price reductions um so um in terms of the number of price reductions this this month this week we're at 20,500. Last week, we were at 22.9, 22.9 the week before, um, 21 the week before that, and 23 be for the week before that. Um, we're running presently at approximately 16% of properties per month are being reduced in price. Now, I know that's all dependent on whether it was correctly priced or not. Do you think that's enough? Um, okay, so I think there's a couple of um, couple of responses to that one. I think that 16% will definitely mask um, a sort of a, a national average will mask regional variances and nuances. So there would be some parts of the country where those price changes will be higher than that 14, 15%, um, and some places where it'll be lower. And that's right, uh, by the way, because regionally the, the picture is going to be uh, very different. Um, I think the initial conversation and the initial listing price is probably way more important than we give it credit for. Um, and I think there probably still are, is customers, despite what I said previously, that are, are more receptive to uh, an honest to have an honest conversation, to demonstrate their expertise at a local level, to demonstrate where they have the importance of pricing it properly in order to get optimal and greater chance of selling than if you overprice it or price it in line with the consumer's expectation. And then even a few days or a couple of weeks later, even to reduce that price, you reduce your chance of selling that property. So the message from us has will always be to price it as accurately as you believe to be appropriate for the market today and then review very quickly with your consumers because you're going to know even in this market you're going to know in the very early days what kind of interest it gets in in you know your locale and that will give you a very good indication pretty early on 
as to whether you priced it well enough or not. Interesting, you talked about regional variations and we've got this magic graph which looks at price changes as a, as a percentage of listings. And yeah. you can see here that the in the Northeast, around 50% on average for every, two, uh, in terms of listings, um, here we go. So on average in the Northeast, here we go. We've got an average 51% of price changes as a percentage of listings, okay? So for every one listing, every two listings, you're reducing one of your others. Whilst yeah. in outer London, it's in the 70s and 80s. So therefore, yeah. you're absolutely right. Further south, for every 10 houses that you're putting on the market, you are reducing yeah. seven or eight of your existing stock in terms of percentage of listings. Whilst up north is 50 or 60%. And in Scotland, only 34%. So those guys obviously uh, realistically price their properties. Shall we... Sorry, just, just on that point, I think there's there's a slight nuance in Scotland on the basis of the home reports. So they have a slightly different system. So that 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 drives a more accurate pricing. Um, I think just the point of um, the point that I was making previously about the correct listing price is even more exacerbate, exacerbated by what you've just described, because if we are repricing seven out of 10 properties that we're listing, you, that has got to beg the question, are we getting it right in the first instance? Um, so I think, you know, if, if, if that is the case in your agency, then I would seriously consider whether we are having an honest enough conversation in the, in the lounge as to the listing price in the first instance. Bang on, bang on. Right, let's move on to sale agreeds. And uh, we first look at gross sales. So this is just top line property sold of the contract. And this week we have sold 20,000. No, yeah, that's right. 20,382 properties. Okay. Uh, with an average mm -hmm. asking price of, of sale agreed of 351. Um, there we go. So with, that's our number. So we've list. So 20,382, which again, we are, this is where we're going to look at this in a graph format in a second. We are slightly off. I mean, ignore 21, 20, 21, 22, because they were unique markets, but we are yeah. slightly off the pace on 17, 18. So we're on the pace on listings compared yeah. to 17, 18 or 19, but we are slightly off the pace with regard to sale agreements, which again, I think at the start of the year with all the economic doom and gloom, I think we'd have all taken, we're all, to, I mean, we're coming on to that in a second, but net sales were about eight or 9% off where we are, yeah. where we were in 17, 18 and 19. Now the average asking price of a property being sold is 351. Last week it was 351. The week before was 351. The week before that 353. The week before that 355. Um, year to date gross sales, just under uh, 730,000. And there is the, the, the month, the week by week. And again, we're comparing it with 17, 18 and 19. What's your thoughts on this, Verena? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. We would have taken this at the early part of the year, but we didn't predict the level of listings that we were we were going to that we're going to maintain throughout the year. So um, there's definitely two factors that are impacting the sale agreed rate. Uh, one is the um, the length of time that it's taken now to sell a property versus uh, the last few years, which were you know you were listing and selling within a matter of days in a lot of cases and um, in a matter of weeks. 
that uh, period of time has significantly extended and also the sale agreed rate, uh, the rate of sale has also reduced. So both of those are compounding to mean that the delta between listings and sales is now much greater than the previous years. So that I think that's where the disappointment and the gap is really. Um, and you know, there's a number of the number of things that are um, that are, that the the consequences of that will be, you know, if you if you're listing properties um, in month one, you're not selling it for another couple of months or up to three months, and then it takes the time to complete, then the cost of that, and also our, not only our sales rate is, is declining, but um, fall throughs, and we'll come on to talk about those, all compounding meaning that your revenue recognition from the number of listings, so we're still listing at the same quantity or high, high quantities, we're putting the effort into selling those properties, and then the end result is becoming much more challenged, as well as the cost of doing business in that period of time has also increased since 2017, 18 and 19. So I think there's a number of agents that are going to find that a real challenge. And particularly as we go through the rest of this year into the quieter periods, um, I think that's going to be um, a tough quarter for, for a lot of agents. Indeed, indeed. Right, let's now go on and look at um, fall throughs. Um, so the number of fall throughs this week on sale agreed was 5,913. 5, now that does sound awful lot, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to remember this. Okay, let me just pull this up. Hold on. There we go. Hold on. Pull it up now. Two seconds. Should be able to see sales pipeline. No, we're still seeing sale fall throughs. Hold on. Can you see it now? You yes. Can, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, okay. This is a this is a few weeks out of date because mm -hmm. this was the back end. This was the thirty first of July, but I think it's yeah. important to remember that as we went into on the first of August, there were four hundred and twenty seven thousand seven hundred and fifty six sales in estate agents pipelines as yeah. we went in on the first of which 5,913 fell through so that yeah. is less than one percent yeah yeah and I think we need to remember that um that we don't have a panic you know that we we we, we re re remember that and we take everything I think the challenge though is given everything that I've just said about the length of time the cost increasing we're listing lots more but we're not selling and we're not turning our pipeline as quickly as we were previously um that's every single fall through hurts and and should hurt by the way every single fall through should hurt so um i think you know as as agents what we have to do is we have to work really hard and much harder probably than ever before at protecting that pipeline and making sure that once we've sold it that it does um it does go through to completion and that's right. not just about our business by the way that's about you know doing the right thing for our customer and and to secure the property that um you know that, that the buyer has committed to and make sure that we get we fulfill the the needs of our of our clients 
So yeah, it does hurt, but you're right, in context, we have to always take this in context. Um, I suppose the other question is the, the, the fall through rate as a percentage of our sales rate. And um, because from the last time I looked, I think when I looked at the graphs earlier, that has increased uh, slightly. So that potentially is a, is a risk. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. I mean, as you look here, the, the sale fall through rate is the, uh, the, the number of fall throughs as a number divided by the number of sales that you have made that week. Now, normally, as everyone knows, the number of properties, if a sale falls through, it's very unlikely for the ones that were agreed this week to fall through so quickly, you wouldn't have instructed yeah. solicitors. But it, it yeah. is a measurement that we we need, that I think is an important measurement as, as a week by week measure. And as I said, yeah. this week, we are on 29.01%. And the number of sale fall throughs, as we said, was 5,913. Yeah. Now, what is particularly interesting is there are th products out there that stages can have. I mean, again, I've, um, reservation agreements will yeah. reservation agreements will take and again there are a number of good suppliers out there do check them out but we'll get your sale fall through rate into single digits and yeah i heard you talk about a case study previously actually chris and um i think you you mentioned a customer who was using gazelle who's one of the providers and his fall through rate had gone from 30% down to 6% or something, which was, yeah, phenomenal. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, you know, that is one of the tools available to yeah. us. And, yeah. and, you know, there are other options like um, auctions, committed buyers, things like that as well, because depend, and that's the key really in having the honest conversation with your customer and really understanding what their motivation and their needs are. Um, and is, is time a key factor for them? Is that the priority? is is value um so realizing the value in the property is that the priority and we therefore have to price accordingly and we therefore have to build and agree a marketing strategy with those customers to make sure that we are fulfilling what their motivation and their priorities are you know and i can't disagree with you absolutely spot on and again if you actually read the the law of the 1979 estate agents act you have a legal obligation to inform homeowners of the different sale methods there are a modern yeah. method is, a, is an exceptional one interestingly yeah. someone asked me what percentage of sales in the uk use the modern method 1.4 percent so that's quite low yeah. it's an interesting one it is quite low um and actually it's a it's a, it's a driver uh, it's something that we're really sort of building on um and it historically has been quite low for us and I think sadly, there is still an element of a taboo around those some of those modern methods of sale. That's not easy to say. Um, and, and that's sad because it really it, it's, it means that we're not explaining it in a way and understanding our customers needs and then explaining the options available to them in a way that we feel confident about. Because if we don't feel confident about it, then we're definitely not going to portray that to the customer. So yeah, I, th I think you're right. You know, there's definitely um, more tactics and strategies that we could deploy away from the more traditional methods that perhaps we we lean to. And, and do you know what else I'm a big fan of? Outsourcing what? your sales progression. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know what, depending on your model, depending on your business and depending on your setup, Absolutely. Oh, I, I don't think there's there's any um, right or wrong um, answer to that one. And I think it will work. It's a bit like in some ways, you know, outsourcing property management and lettings and outsourcing different elements of your business. Um, you know, whatever works for different models. Mm. 
I mean, I, I've talked to a number of outsourcers. I'm not going to mention names because we're not allowed to um, promote on this, but the, the average the average uh, sale at the moment is taking 19 weeks. Uh, you mm-hmm. talk to all the big outsourcing and their fall-through rates are a lot lower, but also their times, 12 weeks. Yeah. So you're getting yeah. paid on more properties and having less and quicker. It, it's yeah. absolute no-brainer. And again, I think we're all guilty that there's plenty of one man, one man, one woman bands out there where sales chasing is something that kind of gets left. Yeah. If you absolutely. can have someone who's absolutely exceptional at sales progression, um, it can actually be an advantage to you. Right. Let's get back onto mm-hmm. the stats. Um, so fall throughs as a percentage of sales, 29.01, like we said, and the the yeah. year, the year average is 24.28, and these are the averages for week 33. And as I said, the number of fall throughs, again, a lot of people forget this that the fall through rates were in terms of numbers higher. Than they yeah. are today in the glory years, so we don't we often yeah. forget about that. They were masked because of our of the volumes, right? They were masked. And again, I think an awful lot of people in our industry are very transactional. Yeah, not but let's not let's not let's not go down that rabbit hole just yet. Okay, net sales. So um, we with net sales, we always bring in the twenty twenty one and twenty two figures just for a little bit of piquancy and before we plow in. Uh, to the other stats, the pink line is 23. The white dots are the average of 17 to 19. If I put them all on, you won't be able to see anything. And you can quite clearly see here that 2020 took off like a rocket ship and she's now yeah. started to come down. Whilst 21 was a normal start and then we had the ups and downs and then she leveled off in the spring. So again, apart from 2020, they're all going in roughly the right same, di- same direction. Yeah. The tail off of the number of properties sale agreed. Yeah. I, th- I think the um, the question, and, and I'll be interested in, in your viewpoint on this, Chris, because I, n- I know you love your stats. And what's going to be interesting, I think, is what goes beyond um, the summer months and what do we think the rest of this year would look like? Because um, the trend here, as you, if you read this trend line, this trend is, is going downwards. And if we think that that's going to be the case, that our net sales are going to continue to fall, um, as a consequence of the things we mentioned earlier. So the length of time it's taken to, to sell and also our sales rate and our fall throughs. Um, you know, what does that look like for the rest of this year? Do you have a view on where we're going to end up in total transaction volumes this year? I, 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 I put my marker down eight weeks ago and said that we would finish on 885,000 transactions by the end of the year but that number what because remember the 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 land registry will announce that in early march but it won't yeah. be topped up because again it does take a while for sales to to come through so that number will 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 be actually almost put into stone by late spring early summer i'm calling yeah. 885 which is 25% less transactions than than last year so in essence, the state agents are going to exchange on 25% less exchanges compared to last year. Yeah, That's and, and our, our view, my view is around about 900. So we're, we're definitely really, really close. Um, and in, in uh, I guess we talked about it right at the very start is that the delta between listings and, and transactions ultimately. And our view is that we're probably going to end up somewhere between 1.25 and 1.3 million listings this year 
that's a big gap and that's a big a gap bigger than we've seen for some time and for me that's the risk that's the risk for where we're going to end up in this, the, the rest now, of this year what is particularly interesting is is that that is a particular risk if those houses do not remain on the market and we've got a lot of you know uh, stop. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's i can remember the time when when i actually didn't have gray hair um and, uh -huh. and wasn't, wasn't a chubby lad either because i like yes. that my food um but you know you would have 300 houses on the books and you would be selling 30 a month yeah, yeah. these are not these are yeah. you know and i think it's important that that general stock levels are yeah. Are, are, are seen um I tell you what you just uh, let me just see if i can find general stock levels now so just yeah. just give me a second and i will try and find those for you so just fill for me for just for a second will you while i get I think this the top one is an interesting one because um i mean this time last year i think across the board on average we were probably on about 50 percent of stock levels last year which clearly um wasn't enough and there was significant demand for for that stock last year which clearly did drive up um the the property value but also supported by very low mortgage rates um and the return to a more normal stock level is really important but also we have to be selling them and the, the challenge we have this year is the liquidity and the affordability because people are coming off mortgage interest rates that were artificially low and quite frankly not sustainable and we're moving now into a more normal mortgage environment speaking about you know remembering the the, the bygone days when i got my first mortgage chris and i was 19 i mean not many people can buy a property at 19 now um, but my first mortgage interest rate was 11 and a half percent um you know and that's just shocking but four percent today five percent today seems really high um in comparison to the last few years and we've still got a lot of people customers and agents who have only been used to that kind of environment and that's the challenge is changing that viewpoint and educating people to um to that new normal uh, that 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 a lot of people will have Okay, um, right, whilst you've been doing that, thank you very much. You should be able to see a graph with lots of different um, turquoises and reds on. Can you see that on the screen? I can, yes, that's the 28 data. Good stuff. So therefore, what we can do there is we can uh, hover over. Now, we are halfway through August at the moment, so we have to just take that with a slight pinch of salt because the figure gets leveled out. But the bottom line is this, in July 21, there was an average at any one throughout the month of 451,000 properties for sale, 468 in 20, July 22, and 641,000. Yeah. So in essence, we are 20% more. No, yeah. more than that. That's a, no, a lot that's more than that. More, more than that. Yeah, that's nearly 30%, isn't it? 40, 40%. 46. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, that will be that will be nuanced regionally and around the country. Um, but, you know, and, and we were short of stock last year. There's no question. Um, we were. However, I mean, so here we go. This, this is the nuances. So again, here we go. So that is London. And you can see there's not that much change. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
So let us go to the southeast and the southwest. Pretty big there. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the Midlands. Where we'll go West Midlands and East Midlands. Well, okay. There we go. Even more. Yeah. So therefore, mm -hmm. stock levels have hardly changed in London, but have changed massively in the Midlands. Should we go up north? Yeah. Same. Oh, here we go. Right. So that's a little bit less, but still still a significant difference. Yes. But it looks like the Midlands are the one where there's a few a lot more property yeah. on the market. So again, I've I've learned something today. So that, I, I do like that's why we have guests on here. Um interesting, interesting. Right, let's go back to the old Staroonies. Um, so we were talking about the percentage difference between asking price and sale agreed. Um, interestingly, this week it is 12%. Uh, for the last few weeks, it's been 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. And in the spring, it was as high as 24. Uh, in terms of price difference, the asking the average asking price of a property coming on the market this year in yellow, 300, uh, this week, 394, whilst the average price of a sale agreed, as I've already said, 351. So that, that gap is narrowing. That doesn't mean that prices that's are going up. Yeah. That is good news. It just shows that the market's leveling out quite nicely. Yeah, the, yes. the market is adjusting. And I think customer expectation, as we said earlier, is adjusting. Agents are getting more confident, more comfortable in having those conversations, which is really important. And, you know, at, at, just on that point, I suppose, about having that honest conversation with customers right at the outset, there is so much um, anecdotal and, and data to support the fact that if you have that honest conversation, yes, there'll be some of them won't necessarily like it, but they're paying you for your expertise. That's why they've invited you into the lounge. That's why they've chosen you to present to them what you can offer. We have to leverage that and have the confidence to have that honest conversation with customers because that's that's where you'll get your credibility from. And if you um, if you listen to a customer's viewpoint for sure, understand their needs, and then list the property to suit their needs, then but also being honest with them about what you think the market will will uh, is is capable of in that area for that property, then I think that will be you know the more we do that, the more educated our customers become. I'll disagree with you on that one. Um, right. The looking at the blue line, which is the average listing price since the summer has come, the average listing price of properties coming on the market. This is not the value. This is yeah. the average asking price for a property coming on the market has dropped by 13.6%. Whilst the average asking price of properties sold has dropped by 5.9%. Yeah. Okay. Now, I think it's really important. People say, well, you don't actually know what they sell for. But again, I've said the number of times Hamptons have produced a wonderful report every single month since 2006, 2007, and they use all of the countrywide data. So they've got access to eight or 9% of the market, which is pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. And they analyze the difference between the asking price on sale agreed day, not original yeah. asking price, average yeah. asking price on sale agreed versus what she actually sold for. And this is, I think this is an important stat for the estate agents listening to this, is this, 
no matter what happens, okay, excluding the 2021 where things are over the asking price, okay, but for every year since 2006 up to 2019 and 23 as well, the gap between the asking price on sale agreed day and the uh, price achieved is always between one and 2% below the asking price on average. Okay. Yeah. Now I know there's ones that are going to be bargain of the year and ones that go over, but that, that's a wonderful thing when you're dealing with big numbers, what they actually sell for. And I think it's really important. That's that is that if you're an estate agent and you are going to an, to a, to a person's house, you can actually say that, you know, when they say, well, you don't know what it's sold for. Well, yes, we do know what it's sold for because Hamptons have done this research and it's always one to 2%. Even, even when the poo was hitting the fan in 2008, it was always one to 2%. So bear that in mind. That's why good pricing is important. Um, and again, we've already talked about the... the what is encouraging is that that gap is definitely closed. You can see very clearly on that graph that the gap between the blue line and the yellow line has closed as we've gone throughout this year, which is really encouraging. Yeah, like I said, 23, 23 24% in April, May. And for the last couple of weeks, it has been hovering around the 14 or 15. What is particularly interesting is that the long-term average is 16%. So we are now below the long-term average. And it's the first time we've been below the long-term average. Well done, estate agents. That's really good progress. But remember, one, one swallow doesn't make a spring, as my uh, nan used to say. Yeah, yeah. But it's, a, it's an indicator, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So we don't spend too long on these, but basically green shows that it's a positive number. Red shows that it's not such a good number. Okay. Mm -hmm. The We've got the national stats, which we, we use this for the graphs so far. And then we've got all the regional stuff. Now, due to the nature of, of the YouTube, you probably won't be able to see these numbers, but we can see some form of tonality with the colors. Now, yeah. all these stats are available for use if you go to my YouTube uh, description of this video, if you scroll down to the bottom, there will be a link. You can download these to your heart's content and use them. You are without my, you are not to use them on social media without my express permission, uh, because I some of these do get used by my own estate agency clients because I'm a statistician and I help them uh, produce reports. I'm happy though for you to use any of these graphs, it, not on social media, but on. Um, on your valuations and i don't mind you using them if it helps you because if it helps you it helps everyone but here's some graphs here we're not going to spend too much long on time here it looks scotland's doing particularly well this week on listings but again just all tonality very very similar you can see that even between i'm flicking between the twos and the between and everything is you know everything was green in the spring and it's now just leveling off and going to a, a whitish that's interesting scanning across a number of those graphs Chris the price changes the volume of price changes is increasing throughout the year and we've seen that in in the data and the fact that we're getting closer to the right uh, listing price but uh, the fall through rates across pretty much all regions has also worsened throughout the year so that's an interesting dynamic fantastic right so we've got some other graphs here if you want to look at the regional stats gross sales as a percentage of listings and again see the tonality that the the uh, gross sales as a percentage of listings are really high 
in the north of England, but as you, as you go up into the south, it's much lower. I mean, again, have a look in here. The average of New Yorkshire in the north is 70 or 80 percent, whilst inner London, late 40s, and outer London and the southeast in the 60s. Um, I, again, I just, oh, sorry, I just find... Use is gold dust. Honestly, for where, if you're a, an estate agent trading in a particular part of the country, I personally love this kind of data because I think it helps you really understand your market in the context of the rest of the United Kingdom, but also it demonstrates your knowledge and your expertise in, in the lounge. And this doesn't mean you have to blind people with science, right? It just means if you pull out a couple of key stats to demonstrate your research that you've done, the, the data that you have that supports their cause and then understanding what they want from their experience and their journey and utilizing your knowledge to help your customers. I just think that's gold dust. Thank you for saying, right. Okay, um, so again, those are available to download for your own personal use on valuations uh, each and every week. So next we are going to go, we, so we've done the national stuff, Rona, we have looked at some regional stuff. We're now going to focus on a town or a city. And um, this week we are going to go to Bournemouth. So let's go and have a look. Okay, so we are going to go to Bournemouth. So let's go and have a look. So we're starting off with my friends, Bricks and Logic. I'm a big fan of Bricks and Logic. They put lots of gorgeous data into maps and um, absolutely beautiful so interestingly we're just looking at here is what's happened to house prices in the Bournemouth area and you can quite clearly see that house prices in Bournemouth are slightly higher year on year compared in the center around Westcliff and Boscombe but are obviously down in the outskirts I don't know if you've come across this piece of kit bricks and logic uh not being paid for them to do it but absolutely fantastic bit of kit i've not used bricks and logic to be honest so um it's something i will i'll have a look at yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's a bit it's a bit good and you can look at uh, what's happened to rents okay and you can look at pounds per square foot which again you would expect because uh, that's mm -hmm. sound there okay yeah and uh you can look at gross yields oh and look you can Excellent. zoom in you can zero in on wow. city. So I, again, absolutely massive fan with this and you can compare and contrast. What looks particularly nice is if you uh, use that, you get an account and then you can take the graphics out and put it into some nice Canva templates. It works yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so that we, as I said, we're dealing with um, Bournemouth today, which basically got to be careful with Bournemouth because pool is its own entity. But in essence, we are looking for basically this kind of patch here up here around that that sort of that's you know that's the sort of Bournemouth that we're going for we're missing out Christchurch we go up here through Townsend, Muscliffe, Northcombe, Ensbury apologies if I'm mispronouncing this to you locals Bearwood, Camford, Alderney and then bring it all back through to here so we what we do with this is that we deep dive and again uh Verona just dive in and cut across because I would just keep talking until the cows come home on this because this is my favorite right. we're using the 20 ea insights platform this is a 20 i am a really fanboy of this you can get this for your own agency i've got the national one you can get it for your own town i believe there is a package if you only have one or two postcodes which is free of charge and then if you want to have site more you pay them a few shekels and again i don't know what the prices are because i've forgotten because i'm not on any kickbacks or commissions 
but it certainly seemed very reasonable to me at the time. This is Right Move Plus on steroids with lasers and glitter balls. So we're starting off with uh, residential cells, and then we'll move on to lettings at the end. And we're looking at the number of properties that each agent has. So again, we'll just spend a little bit of time and it looks like Mayers or Myers are number one. And you can see that their market share of properties on the market, not new listings, we'll come on to that in a second. It, that appears to have been growing, which is good. Goadsby, um, let's just have a look at those. Pretty static. Palmer Snell, static. Hearns, and a bit of a dip coming back. Winkworth's dropping. House and Son, increasing. Slates, about the same. Fox and Sons, MK Estates, rising. Well Interesting, Chris, that that top 10 is dominated by a selection of independent agents. Um, that's really interesting and, and quite un unusual in, in quite a big town like Bournemouth. So, yes. yeah, they're obviously doing a fantastic job down there. Um, I do know Mark. I've known him for a few years. Um, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a real nice chap. Um, yeah, one of the good guys of a, of a state agency. Well, they're clearly uh, doing something, right? Um, obviously, Goadspeeds are, are a decent-sized regional. Um, yeah. With, with regard to Parker Snell, they are part of Countrywide, if memory serves me well. Um, Hearns, I believe, must be an independent. Winkworth are a uh, franchise. Yeah. House and Son must be independent, as must be Slade's. Fox and Sons, I don't know if Fox and Sons, is that part of Connell's group? Is that the Fox? It is the Fox. I mean, there is Fox and Sons is part of Connell's, where it's, whether it's this one or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we'll soon fight. We'll we'll have to do some searching on that one. Let's get down to nitty gritties though. Um, and again, um, let's look at so the average price of a property that's come onto the market because we're on new instructions here from the first of the first twenty one to, to to yesterday. It's three six seven. So we're going to look at the whole market, and then we're mm -hmm. going to deep dive into the upper quartile because we always like to see what the posh boys and girls are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in that part of the world. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. So let's look at Myers. And as I would expect, the number one agent is going to have an average listing price very similar to the app to the average. Yeah. And as you can quite clearly see here that the number of new uh, new instructions or their market share. Hey, this is a new idea, Verona. Do you think estate agents should put a pie chart about how many <laughs> listings they've got and how market share? They're brilliant. I tell you what. I tell you, what, you love a pie chart, don't you? <laughs> I love pie charts. Don't like staying. <laughs> not a right move one. <laughs> Goat spheres. Goat spheres. Um, again, number of new instructions. They're growing, uh, as you can see there. Palmer yeah. Snell. It looks like they've been bumbling along around five. They must have had a really good month that month. It might have been a new homes development and they threw it all yeah. on. You don't know. That's yeah. what normally happens. Okay. Hearns, ah, hold on a second. Alarm bells ringing. That again, average. So are Hearns the posh people with this with the it silver looks like spoon? They are. Nothing wrong with silver spoons. Other spoons are available. Which could also account for more peaks and troughs in their their shape of their trading, yes, uh, rather than a more consistent flow. Yeah. Okay, Winkies. They they are slightly above the average. Slades. Again, it looks like slaves are in the top end. And again, more peaks and troughs. Okay, house and sun. 
317. Okay, MKs, 327. Gold Souls, 480. So it looks like we've got a three-way race. So I'll yeah. tell you what we'll do, because again, we know the posh people like that. So I think we'll go for the upper quartile. We'll go from 600 upwards. Okay, so let's have a look. Okay, here we go. And as we would expect, we've got Hearns in at number one, and they looks like they're having a good crack of the whip on that one. And yeah. Slades, like we, we suggested. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, looks like your market share is dropping there. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Myers. Still doing a fair, fair line. Yeah, again, I, would, I would expect yeah. the would big expect dominant agent yeah. to have that, a, a slice yeah. of that cake. Uh, yeah. Goes Biz, Godsells, Mr. Green. Oh, he's from Southport. Nice lad. Nice lad. Yeah, like, like, like good agency, that one. Stephen Noble. So he slipped into the top 10 when you filtered down to the higher price brackets because he wasn't in the top 10 in total. So that's right. interesting. So obviously a specialist in that in that space. And then let's just see if there's any po real posh agents on the million pounders. And Hearns are the oh, daddies and the mummies. Hearns is late. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Let's, just, there. let's have a look. Okay, well, there's not much over two million in Bournemouth. So again, okay, there goes. Um, yeah. yeah, we like that. Right, good. Okay, let's just have a quick look at sales. So again, so just just let's just. This is going to be interesting given the the skew on um, a higher higher end. Product. Well, we've now we've now put the price back now to all prices. Okay, yeah. so I'm just going to take a photograph so I know what I'm talking about or pretend that I'm talking about. So that's that. So now I'm going to go to sale agreeds. So what is particularly interesting is this. Mayers over the last two and a half years had 6.62% of resi listings, but their market share on sales is 7.08. So that's higher. Mm -hmm. Goats is yeah. uh, 5.22 on their listings and 5.38 on their sales. Palmer Snell. Yeah. Well, Palmer Snell not even in there. Interesting. Okay, Re remember that because we've got another graph in there that's going to look at that. Hearns are um, 4.73 on their sales, okay, and they're at 4.92. But again, Hearns are posh agents. So remember the posh rent properties have a lower propensity to sell. Yeah. Uh, Winkworth's 4.58 on sales and 3.98. So again, Winkworth look like they sell a higher proportion of their houses. We do have a graph for that in a second. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll just have a quick look, see if there's anything. I'll shout these out. Slade's at 3.09, 3.2 on the on the lit sales. A house and Son, 3% on the sales, 3.37. So again, they're slightly below the mark. Fox and Sons, 2.69 on, on listings. And looks like Fox and Sons are not there. Not, again, not, so not it looks not. like they have a lower propensity to sell. MK Estates on listings, 2.53 and 2.6. So again, Good news for MKs. Well done, guys. And Richard Godsold has got 2.12 on listings and um, 2.49. Mm, okay. Well, I tell you what, let uh, we, we do actually have a graph which dives into that a little bit better. Okay. So um, let's just have a look. There's a lot going on on this screen, and some of it is, is you can't see the wood for the trees. So let's have a breakdown. So 
the number of properties that have come on the market in the last 12 months, so that's August 22 to August 23, is 15.32% higher than August 21 to August 22. So therefore, if you if you are below 15%, you are, you are below the, the Bournemouth average. And if you're above, you're, you're beating it. So MKs are beating it. Goadsby's are beating it. Myers are beating it. Earns are beating it. So it looks like what that's telling me, because we're only looking at the top 10 there, that the bigger agents in the last 12 months have sucked in more business off the base. Yeah, definitely. I, okay. I mean, that, that's pretty, bearing in mind that Myers have the, um, the significant market share in total and they're still growing by almost 30%. That's uh, a real vote of confidence for them, no, for it, sure. It, it is. Yeah. I believe they, they have an employed model and a self-employed model there. Um, right. Um, it's the future, Chris. Well, I've been told that by many by many people many times. And I'm an absolute massive fan <laughs> of the self-employed estate agency for the right people. 100%. 100% right. agree with you. Okay, so 3.31% of properties that have come on the market in the last 12 months have come on the market with uh, non-geographical estate agents. Because you are Yopo, which is the one of the biggest online non-geographical estate agents in terms of that you have a physical presence. Um, and we're not here to argue the difference between that. <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. We, we have, I have interviewed Rona on the sofa. So do check, type in Verona Frankish versus Watkin. And we've done, talked about this many times. So go down that rabbit hole on my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, interestingly, nationally, online estate agents have 5.53% of the market nationally. I'm a big fan of this graph here. And again, that just shows you, it just shows you graphically what's happened. So you can quite clearly see that that, that Palmer Snell is the, so look, that's interesting. Look, Palmer Snell were the biggest estate agent 20, summer of 21 to summer of 22. Because look, they're out here. Can you see yeah. that? I know yeah. it goes back the other way. They were the biggest. So Palmer Snell have pulled back and yeah. Hearns, Goadsby's and Myers. Have both grown yeah have all grown which again is quite rare we've this is week 33 and we don't often see that so that's interesting so i'd be interested to know what's happened at palmer snell with regard to staffing or budgets and things and we'll just yeah. have a quick look at, at, at the smaller babies so again remember the drift is 15 percent. so everything mm -hmm. should be moving up 15 percent off to the right the only ones that seem to be as i said going backwards palmer snell and let's just have, where's that Mr. Green? Let's just have a look. God, it's quite, here we go. What's Mr. Green done? He's grown by 26%. So well done there, Mr. Green from Southbourne. Right. Okay. We're not looking at new instructions. We're not looking at new instruction market share. We're not looking at sale agreeds or sale agreed percentages. We're not looking at fall and throughs and we're not looking at price changes. We will come back to those in a second. But, well, actually, let's just, Let's go down that rabbit hole just a second. Forty-five percent of properties have been have been price changed in Bournemouth. That's quite yeah. high. That I, that's normally around thirty percent. Yeah, and there therein lies the regional nuance. And perhaps some of this is about the volume, the blend of higher price properties, and the fact that those higher price properties are maybe more speculative and not necessarily bothered about the time frame. Let's have a look at what that tells us about the 
Right. They're, right. Well, that's funny because that's a million. They're yeah. not being pro so it's not the it's not the lower stuff. Not the higher end. There right. we go. So, where it, so again, you would have thought that, wouldn't you? You would have. Yeah. So let's go look core market, which is three hundred to five hundred. I love it when the data um, challenges your assumptions. I love that. Forty six. That's pretty normal. Pretty average for the. So it seems to be that lower to middle market. Interesting. That that where the core of the price changes, which is really weird, because normally what I'm finding other when we've done other shows is mm -hmm. it's the other way. Yeah, that's really interesting. Again, I'd be fascinating to see what the Bournemouth agents think of that. And again, yes. that's the beauty of this data is that is that you can analyze it and have a look. Right. Okay. Um, thirty-two percent fall through rate. Uh, which again is higher than the national average. But again, yeah. we know that one in the South, it is slightly higher. Right, okay, this is really, really important. If there's one stat in here, which I'm very passionate about, is the exchange to withdrawal ratio. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, our job as a state agent is to sell houses, not put them on the market and for them to be withdrawn. So if you think about it, the only reason that a property will leave in a state agent's books is she either exchanges or she withdraws. So therefore, this is why I'm a big, massive fan of this one is this, is this. Myers, for every 100 houses that they put onto the market, they will exchange contracts and get them moved on 68.13% of the occasion. Whilst Palmer Snell, 50%. Now, if I was Myers, I would actually go and actually say to, if I was up against Palmer Snell, I would say this, Mrs. Miggins, if you put your house on the market and here's the, and take this out on the VAT, don't put this in the marketing because you've got to be very careful with your marketing on these stats. You do. Yeah. Okay. But you can take the, the, the uh, any valuers watching this, get your bosses to have this bit of kit. I'm not being paid to say this, but this is independent information and you can hover this. So if Myers were outside of the property and was saying, Mrs. Miggins, uh, Palmer Snell, and this is nothing against Palmer Snell, whatever name was there, I would mention it. Mrs. Miggins, if you put your house on the market with Palmer Snell, you will have a one in two chance of moving home. With me, you will have a seven out of 10 chance of moving. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a cold heart. And look at the look at the spread of that. Fox, now, didn't we say earlier on, Fox and Sons were in the top for listings, but not for sales? Yes. Fo we did. Fox and Sons at 37%. You know, if yeah. I was independent 59, Hearns 60. Again, remembering take take Hearns with a slight pinch of salt because we are at the posh end and therefore the numbers are going to be lower. So that's going to drag you guys down a bit nicely. Hope you don't mind me saying that. But so don't take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, but House and Sons 67, Slade's 59, MK Estates 64, Fox and Sons we've already talked about. Corbyn and Co. 59. I mean, there's a fair old spread there. Look at that. that I mean, there, there's some a massive spread there. And yeah. I think it's important that you use this data to your advantage because the simple fact is, is that there is documented proof that you've got a greater chance of selling your house. I'm also wondering, um, given what you said about mayors and that they have an employed and a self-employed model, and I'm wondering what their fee structure is for their sellers and and how 
much of a part that is playing in the in their strong exchange rate um, and whether they have an upfront element to their fee, whether they have a marketing fee, because there's a lot of evidence to suggest an upfront marketing um, charge or fee to the customer brings them closer and brings and makes them more motivated. And we see that in our model for sure. Um, more motivated vendors when when you um, have skin in the game from from the get go. So uh, it could be an element of that that's playing into some of those higher exchange rates. Absolutely fantastic. Um, anything else on there before we move on to the next? I don't think so. Don't think so. Okay. So um, this particular one again, the devil is in the detail. It's like prospecting in Australia. I love this. I do, I do like the gold mine or the, the analogy here. There is yeah. absolute gold in here if you know what you're yeah. looking for, okay? So yeah. what the first graph thing is this. So we've done it in the order of new instructions from the top here. And what happens is, is that 20EA will put, give you an automated valuation model or ValPal figure, or other AVMs are available, for each of the properties you put on the market. And then they will see what you put it on the market for. So therefore, Mayers, the, their average asking price above what, 20EA think the house is worth before they put it on the market is 1.67% higher. Goesby's at 1.16. Hearn's at 3.46. Again, that number is going to be higher because they deal with the posh rent. So just take that with a slight pinch of salt. Palmer Snell, 3.6. Winkless, 2.2. Okay. Then what price do you achieve from the original asking price versus what you actually uh, get for the, for the property? And Mayers get 1.8% less than the original asking price. Um, Goadsby's 4% than the original asking price. Hearn's 6.67% less than the asking price. And as you go down that list, you will get a flavor of everyone's details okay, and the numbers. But so I'm really drawn, Chris, if you don't mind me sort of interrupting here, I'm really drawn to love at estate and letting agents. Uh, so it's kind of halfway down uh, that list. So their original listing price was closer or closest to the AVM value um, of most of the agents on that page. And their price achieved was is, is also slightly higher compared to the, the listing price. So for me, that's the perfect blend. So you've listed at the right price and you've generated the optimal attraction to the property and then you've overachieved on the asking price. And if you compare that with, I'm going to take Hearns just because it's the first one there, which is precisely the opposite of that. It looks like significantly overpricing versus the AB AVM. Now, you can argue all day about the, the value of the AVM, but we're comparing apples with apples here, right? So everybody's using the same AVM. So their price listed was significantly, well, three and a half percent higher than what the AVM said their property was worth. And they achieved almost 7% less than that. So that's the worst of both worlds, in my opinion, and love it here, have a really great blend based on this data, at least. Let us now apply all that in pure pound notes, because again, there's lies, damn lies and statistics. So what happens is this, as you can see, 20EA believe the average price of a property in Bournemouth is worth 400 of your English shekels, thousands of pounds. Yep. So the bottom line is this, 
is that mayors would sell the property based on the last 12 months for 402,309, whilst Gosby's 388, Hearn's 386, again, they're dealing with posh ends, so again, you have to take with a slight pinch of salt or theirs. Palmer Snell at 397, Winkworth 383, House and Son 411, well done guys on that one, and Slate at 401. So again, if I was mayors and I was competing against Goadsby's, I could say that I get on average 12 or 13,000 pounds more. But then if I was, um, I don't know, someone like Lovitz, I would say, and I was up against Myers, I'd say I get five thousand, seven thousand pounds more. Yep. Yeah, and and again, that's in- what I just said at Lovitz. Yeah. So they listed more accurately, they achieved greater, and the pounds and pence difference to the seller was fifteen and a half thousand pounds. You know, that's that's really strong evidence uh, to support the idea of listing as accurately as you can. So again, this data is available on 20EA Insights. Both Ron and myself, we are fanboys and fangirls of it. And you can get it for your own agency for that. And so each week we look at a different town or a city. Uh, we're at, we just, just, let's just wrap up slightly. We'll look at how quickly agents sell their houses. So interestingly, um, let's just pull this up. Um, it looks like MKs and Myers sell their houses quickest in 40 days, whilst your house and co and goes for 65 days. So again, if I was using this data on the doorstep, Mrs. Miggins, I will sell your house two weeks on average quicker, if that's more important. And again, if you've got that's to... more important. That's the key, right? That is the key. If that one is more important to you versus the price achieved. There you go. But then you can have that graph opened up and have a look on this. Um, let's just have a look on on how quick agents get their houses sold on the market. And look, Clark, Clark, Clark's estate agents on average of 128 days from new instruction all the way through to completion, whilst House and Sons 211. That is a widespread. They don't, they are really tight. They are, yeah. as you can see, okay, if we take off Clark's and we take off House and Son, they are pretty tight around that 150 to 180 mark. The yeah. average the average in the UK is about 181 days total yeah. start to finish at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um just have a that's quick... a whole other debate, right? Because that's just not that's not cool. That's not acceptable. But let's not go down that rabbit hole today. So lettings and as you would expect, open rent are number one. They are an independent that we're sorry, no, they're independent. They are an online estate agency that private online. And you can quite clearly yep. see that that is, see, that's really interesting is that look how much their open rent are growing in Bournemouth. Okay. Yep. So look at Enfields. Again, you, those spikes are for students looking at the months. I'm pretty yep. much guessing on that one. It looks There's like a number of dynamics in Bournemouth, isn't there, that impacts the um the the share of a different of the different models. Yes. So Enfields is you know let's just Enfields. You've got those two spikes. Look at leaders. They don't look like they've got much of a student market. Yeah. Okay. Goldspies. Again, not particularly a big um student market. Looks like House and Sun have a student market. I'm guessing there. Uh, McConnell's. Students, Roberts, students, Crossland yeah. Co. Now again, Bournemouth is head office for Martin Co. So you might expect Co. them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would have kind of hope a bit more market share from there, but yeah, there okay. And Slades, there we go. So you can quite clearly see. I mean, 
this is interesting. Um, the average rent. Uh, so let, let's just do Jan to June, so we don't mess about with student because that really does cop the figures up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just have a quick look there. So the average rent in Bournemouth from uh, Jan first to Jan to first of July nine hundred eighty nine. And uh, let's have a look at what it is that's been this year. Okay, it's nearest done it. 1,187. Yeah, not, not surprisingly, yeah, very similar to the national uh, increases. Okay, so um, there you go. Um, oh, we'll, we'll finish it with that. Bricks and Logic, do go and check them out. It's a great bit of kit. Um, final thoughts, Rona, uh, before we go. I guess my final thoughts are that we covered quite a bit of this. The listings are uh, seem to continue to be robust. Um, we are seeing a decline in both the rate and the time frame to SSTC and also completion. Um, and that's going to prove challenging, I think, in the final quarter of the year. So we as estate agents have got to do, and, and I talk about this very personally as well, we've got to do everything we can to protect our pipeline, to have honest conversations with our customers about um, pricing it accurately from the get-go, but then also continuing to have ongoing conversations where we can't get that right um, to ensure that they are priced as best we can to sell in order for us to get the outcomes that our customers need. Um, you know, the, the market dynamics this year are significantly different, but I think now we're six months in and I hope that we are opening our minds and learning a lot more about how those dynamics are affecting our businesses and that we are applying everything that we're learning because we're you know we're all learning every single day we're learning new things and new nuances to elements of our business so um yeah i think we just need to be open-minded and honest with uh, with ourselves and with each other rona exception as always um you passed your audition with flying colors oh i'm so relieved <laughs> if you would like to come back another time we, we would love to have you back on the show it's been a, you've been a breath to. of fresh air Let, let's do it in a few months when we can review how the the year has panned out a bit more and then indeed. we can reflect on our predictions indeed we'll get you back in a few months time if that's all right with you Great. So thanks thank for having you. me Chris. thank you but more Good importantly thank you the viewer for watching this we have a long list of towns that we're, we've got on but if you want to add your town to it we can add it and and see if we can have a look at that um Please do check out Bricks and Logic. Please do check out uh, 20EA Insights um, for, for that platform as well. As I said, no payment or consideration has been made. It's just that I'm a bit of a fanboy of both of them and really shouting at it from the, from the uh, cloud tops. Uh, well done to all the Bournemouth estate agents that, and estate letting agents who've seen it. And there's some great stats in there. And there are some other stats that show that you could probably improve. Um, I hope you take it. I learned a lot about Bournemouth today. Definitely. It's great. Really good. Good little tour. Indeed. Uh, but thank you for watching. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week uh, on week 34 of the Stat Show. Thanks very much. Bye.